Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the In The Truck Podcast. Today is Tuesday, June something or another. Today's gas station snack is Starburst Fable Reds. So Starburst has their regular Starburst, and then they realized that they had, nobody liked the crap yellow and orange ones, so then they sell a pack that doesn't have those in it. Why does anyone buy the not Fable Red Starburst? Like, the yellow ones and the orange ones are the ones that you, you know, you offer someone else. Nobody wants to eat those. Get rid of regular Starburst. You realize the plan didn't work. I feel like there's so much investment in the yellow that they just have to keep doing it. I don't know what the story is. I've never met anybody that likes the yellow ones. The orange ones are kind of like, eh, they're okay. Not the worst. But anyway. When I was younger, before I was married, I ended up living in Atlanta. And um, while I was there, I left college and, and moved down there. I had friends who... Uh, or a friend who went to Georgia Tech was in a fraternity and said I could stay with him and I didn't know what I was getting myself into I actually took the bus down from New York to Atlanta, Georgia I think it's like a three day bus ride on the Greyhound it seemed like it anyway but um, so I took the bus down and I got down there and um, I knew I was in trouble when I couldn't get him to come pick me up from the bus station <laughs> And this is before, you know, cell phones, Google, any kind of a map software. And I was in a city I'd never been in before, in a place I'd never been before where it wasn't obvious where I was going. So I ended up having to take a cab to get to Georgia Tech. And uh, so I got there, and I eventually found him. He, uh, he let me, the frat house wasn't like what I was used to. And when I went to school, a frat house was a house like a regular house <laughs> so maybe it's a four or a five bedroom house so you might have six or eight guys living there and the rest of the fraternity did not live there at Georgia Tech apparently it's different and the houses fraternity houses are like apartment buildings they're huge and then they have these enormous common areas where they can all eat together and like commercial chick, uh, kitchens with staff that cook the meals and clean up. I don't know. Anyway, very different experience. But he never told his roommate I was coming. So he, he, it was two per little area. And uh, he didn't tell his roommate. And his roommate didn't want me there. So I think it was the second night. He told me I couldn't stay. <laughs> I couldn't stay. Uh, I didn't really know what to do. Uh, because I didn't have, you know, a job yet. And... Uh, so I ended up some a couple other friends of his that were that were roommates with each other said I could sleep on their couch. Anyway, then I got a job, and then they uh, I think before I got my first paycheck, I think I got paid every two weeks, and before I got my first paycheck, they were voting to kick me out, and I was like, you know, the fraternity voted to kick me out. Now the irony of all that is it was very stressful because I didn't have anywhere to go, I didn't have any money, or not enough to get an apartment. The irony was the kid that didn't want me in his room argued effectively on my behalf to let me stay. And I think they gave me another two weeks. 
something like that. So I, uh, I eventually found a, a house I could rent a room in. It was just an awful place, but regardless, it was hot down there, and I didn't know anybody. And um, I was working in a bakery, and it was weird hours, and uh, the bakery was hot, obviously. And I uh, decided at some point, shortly after I arrived, that I should shave my head. I feel like some of you know where this is going. And um, and so I did. I actually went to a barber and had a barber do it. Which afterwards seemed silly because I was in a store about two days later. And I saw that I could have bought the same clippers the barber used to cut my hair. For less than the barber charged me to cut my hair. <laughs> so I, I did buy them. After that I did it myself. But So I kept my head shaved the whole time I was there. And um, when I was going to leave... I was fly I didn't take the bus out. I flew out. And um, I went to the airport, the Hart I think it's called Hartfield International Airport. And it's in it's actually pretty far south of Atlanta. It's not that easy to get to if you live in Atlanta and don't have a car. But I got down there and um, I got to the airport and I was dressed kind of normal. I think I had a I think I even had a button down shirt, like a summery short sleeve button down shirt on and shorts or whatever and but I did only have one pair of shoe shoes this is, this is before you had to take your shoes off at the airport but I only had one pair of shoes and it was a pair of black Doc Martin boots so I had shorts Doc Martin boots shaved head shirt and apparently either one of two things happened either I fit the description of somebody they were waiting to show up at the airport or they thought it would be fun to mess with me I'm not sure which, but I was, I was taken out of the security line. This is the old security line. This is pre 9-11. So there's, there's a, I think there's a metal detector. Then that scanner thing, uh, no TSA. It's just employees of the airport and, um, keep your shoes on. So I went through and, um, they put me in a room. I didn't really know what was going on. I thought, oh, I'll just clear this up real quick or something. I'll search my bag. I didn't know. So I went in there. And um, I waited there for about two hours. And at one point I tried to walk out to find out what was going on, but the door was locked. I was locked in the room. And I thought that was really strange. I got sort of panicked. And then these two detectives finally showed up. I had already missed my flight. And these two detectives showed up and they interviewed me for quite a while, asked me a bunch of questions that made no sense to me. I really didn't understand what they were talking about. And they had a bunch of questions about my haircut. Which seemed really strange. So I answered all their questions. And um, the airline was nice enough when the whole thing was over to put me on another flight. I guess if you're in custody, it's like validating your parking. But that was the end of it. But I just think that maybe... Maybe when you're 6'6", 220, shaving your head and wearing boots and shorts isn't the best plan when, planning, when going on, on air travel. <laughs> I think they thought they caught like the next Nazi mastermind. 
they seemed disappointed and they had to let me go so that was that was a fun um, so yesterday the Supreme Court ruled in the case of the Baker I, I think out in Colorado masterpiece bakery or I don't know something you know the story gay couple wanted a wedding cake the guy said it was against his religious convictions to bake a wedding cake for a gay wedding I've heard conflicting reports of that I heard what he actually refused to do was customize it for their wedding he would bake the cake and it, he wouldn't customize I don't know what they mean by customize I don't know if he, they mean he wouldn't put the little plastic groom and groom on the top or I, I don't know what they wanted whatever it was they wanted he wouldn't do and um, they sued him under some civil rights council. Sounds like Canada, Colorado. And uh, they won. And I believe he's been put out of business, I think. And the uh, and so they won. But then it got uh, on the first appeal at the higher court in Colorado. It was the the ruling was agreed upon. And then the Colorado State Supreme Court decided not to hear the case. And then the U.S. Supreme Court decided to hear the case. And I think everyone thought we were going to get an answer to whether or not people's religious convictions are constitutionally protected. And this guy actually was two separate things he was saying. One was that baking the cake was art and therefore protected by the First Amendment. And then secondly... Oh my goodness, I'm sorry about that. I need to figure out some way to make that not happen to you. I like you guys. I don't want you to have to hear that. So the second thing, aside from the artistic expression, was that um, he was suing because he said that he had the right to his religious convictions. And so that was the case. We all thought that was the case. We were going to find out once and for all whether or not art extended to other things like cake baking and then we were going to find out whether or not you could well to use the left's term discriminate based on your own religious beliefs so my thing personally is I feel like people should be allowed to do what they want even if that means you're a jerk. Like, I feel like you have a constitutional right to be an asshole for whatever reason you'd like to be one. And I don't think that anyone has the right to tell you you cannot be on your own property. So, like, if you own a business and you want to be a jerk, that's probably a bad way to go to market. It's probably not going to work out well for you. But I feel like it's your constitutional right. So I was excited. Although, obviously, you can hear my stupid explanation of the whole thing. I didn't really even know any of the details. So I just knew that guy didn't want to bake a cake. They said he had to bake the cake. Now I want to know what the Supreme Court says about whether or not you can be compelled to bake a cake for a specific person. So, like, the idea was, like, once you've said you bake cakes, you have to just be the, do what you're told, which I think is really weird. Like if you said you're a painter, you have to paint the painting, they said. What if you don't want to paint that painting? <clears throat> Excuse 
excuse me. Well, apparently you can refuse, but not on the grounds of anyone who's in a protected class. So I guess age, sex, sexual orientation, race, national origin, religion, or age would not be appropriate reasons to deny anyone anything ever. So that was the case, in my opinion. So I forgot all about it. It's been years. I think it was two, three years ago this all happened. Totally forgot about it. And um, yesterday the Supreme Court ruled on it, seven to two. And what I read in the news was in favor of the baker. And I thought, that's it. We're free. We are free people. We are free to do as we please. We are free to run and operate our businesses as we please. We are free to run and operate our lives as we please. We are free to be assholes. The Supreme Court has confirmed we have that right. And from everything I read all day, um, that seemed like the case. People on the right were happy. People on the left were sad and angry. And they talked about how hateful it is. I would like to add to this, I keep hearing in this debate, why would a homosexual couple want someone to bake a cake who hates them? And I have two things to say to that. One is, a Christian baker who says, I'd rather not bake a cake for your gay wedding, doesn't hate you. He just doesn't want to bake a cake for your wedding. It doesn't mean he hates you. I don't want to bake a cake for your wedding either. It doesn't mean I hate you. It just means I don't want to be involved in your wedding or caking, baking cakes. I don't want to hear you criticize my cake because it's too dry or the frosting wasn't sweet enough or it was too, too much frost. Whatever you're going to say about my cake baking, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to be involved in your wedding cake. It doesn't mean I hate you. I love you, but I don't want to be involved. So that's a bullshit argument. When, when somebody's like, oh, why would you want somebody to bake a cake who hates you? He doesn't hate people. He just doesn't want to be part of their wedding. Good Lord. Secondly, most people in any group of people is cool, are cool. And it doesn't matter what the group is. You can make a group of people who you think that you have nothing in common with. If you met a hundred of them, I'll bet you 85 of them would be fine. You find something you have in common, you can have a chat, you can hang out, play a game together, whatever, it'd be fine. You find some common ground, no problem. The remaining 10 to 15% of any group is made up of assholes and retards. I know you're not supposed to say that, but that's what it is. That's what I'm talking about. Like IQ under 80. Every group has them. They're there. They're not helpful. But anyway, and homosexuals are no different. As a group, as an entire population of homosexuals, I guarantee you 85% of them are fine. They're cool. No problem. You might know some and not even know they're gay. You might know someone and know they're gay, but they're just nice people. It's no big deal. But then you have the rest. And some of them are really stupid. You don't want to spend any time with them or deal with them because they're so stupid. And some are assholes. And some of the ones that are assholes think the thing to do is to go find people who are opposed on religious grounds to homosexuality and homosexual marriage 
and to expose those people as being hateful bigots. And the way you do that is you try to make them do something that they don't want to do, and when they refuse, you sue them in court for discrimination. And this is taken very seriously. It happened near me. There's this nice farm. I've talked about it before, Liberty Ridge Farm. Nice couple on the farm, Christian couple. They had held weddings on their property many times, also receptions. The farm is like agro-tourism. They have like games and rides for kids in the summer. You pay an emission fee and you go do uh, farm games and see animals and stuff. And they also held weddings, which can be very lucrative. People pay a lot of money for a nice wedding. Anyway, the ceremonies were tr traditionally held in their living room of their home. Not at a business, at their house, on their carpet, in their living room. Nice big room, windows looked out over the farm, you could see the river in the distance, it was beautiful. And a homosexual couple found them, I don't believe by accident, and proposed that they would be married in these people's house. And what the farmers said was, you can get married and have the reception here at the house, and on the farm, but we would prefer you not get married in our living room. Because it goes against our religious beliefs about marriage. <coughs> now, you don't have to agree with the, the farmer and couple. You might think that homosexual marriage is perfectly legitimate and moral. And I'm not even arguing that it's not. But I am going to argue that it's reasonable to say that if you don't agree with something, nobody has the right to do it in your living room. Anyway, the couple sued. And one, I believe the couple got paid a couple thousand dollars for their, I don't know, whatever. And the state of New York collected an enormous fine, 50, 60, 80 thousand dollars, something like that. And the farm now does no weddings at all. The first thought that popped in my head when I heard about the ruling in the Supreme Court was, oh cool, they're going to have weddings at Liberty Ridge Farm again. So all day long I'm hearing the news. Amazing, fantastic. And then there was a headline, I don't know where it was from, but it said that the court ruled narrowly in favor of the baker, seven to two. And then the mockery began of the headline. How dare the media spin this fantastic landslide victory as narrowly, a narrow victory. Fake news, they're just making stuff up. It's all fake news. And then I saw a tweet from Mo, Molratty, at Molratty, that said that the ruling didn't say what you think it says. She seems pretty smart. And so I thought maybe she knows what she's talking about. So then there's a link to an article. It turns out she wrote the article. In a, um, a website called, uh, what is it called? Misfit Politics. Misfitpolitics.com. So if you haven't already checked that out, go check it out. All my information about the truth of this case comes from Mo's article. That's how, uh, that's, how, that's how hard I work to bring you the news each and every day. I do my research. I skim an article. But essentially what the court ruled was, and this is why the headline said narrowly, because the court never ruled on the question of whether or not a baker is an artist protected by the First Amendment. And the court never ruled on whether or not somebody could 
deny services to a protected group based on religious convictions. What the court ruled on was the fact that Colorado's uh, Human Rights Council had violated the Baker's human rights by demeaning him and by marginalizing his religious belief. And that they had no right to do what they did. And that was the end of that. Nothing else. So where that's a problem is that now other bakers don't know if their craft is art, considered art protected by the First Amendment. And other business owners don't know whether or not they're allowed to quote-unquote discriminate against a protected class any more than they did two days ago. The only thing we know from the Supreme Court ruling is that if you were to do it, and you were to be caught, and you were to be investigated, and you were to be brought in front of a state-level human rights commission, you could be found in your favor if the Human Rights Commission is mean to you. So essentially the ruling was for Human Rights Commissions, not for bakers or homosexual couples or other Christian business owners. And it made me sad when I read it. Because for about 10 hours I thought we had reaffirmed our rights as individuals to do as we please, including be a jerk. But not, not limited to being a jerk, but including being a jerk. I thought we'd done it. We'd finally done it. And reading the article, and it makes a very good case. It's very well spelled out. explains exactly what happened. I came to the realization that we were not free. The Supreme Court didn't reaffirm anything. The only thing that happened was state-level human rights commissions got their hands slapped were told to behave themselves and be respectful of others. That's it. So is cake baking an art protected by the First Amendment? I don't know. Can a Christian business owner follow their conscience and their religious convictions and refuse to perform, provide services to, or assist in marriage they deem to be immoral? I don't know. The court didn't rule on that. So that's what the headline said narrowly, not because it was a slim margin of victory, but because they made the ruling narrowly. It's not a broad ruling. It's only a ruling on this specific case and the responsibilities of the Colorado Human Rights Commission. So it made me sad because we were free and then we weren't. But we never really were. I just thought we were. So that's that. Maybe you have to bake a cake. Maybe you don't. My thing is this. I think that it's wrong to, to deny entry to a person based on race, religion, gender, national origin. Whatever the other protected classes are. So if you had a movie theater, per se, let's say, I think it's wrong to say only this group cannot enter the movie theater, whatever the case may be. Now, even in fruit, food preparation, because 
as far as the snacks and the movies go, it's popcorn and soda and stuff in packaging, and you can buy it or not buy it, and it's entirely up to you. But baking a cake is different. It's personal. People want it a certain way. They want certain colors. They want certain shapes. At that point, they're not just wanting to come in the bakery and look around. They're wanting to contract you as an individual to do what they've to create what they've dreamed up in their minds so it is a little bit different to say a baker can't discriminate seems odd because I think if I made custom cakes somebody wanted a stupid cake or an offensive cake or something I deemed juvenile I probably wouldn't want to bake it and that's fine I guess because annoying idiots are not a protected class just yet. Uh, but, yeah, you can't uh, discriminate based on those other reasons. But, you know, like I said, you're making something. It'd be, like, it'd be like if you were a carpenter and somebody said, I want you to make a chair, and you said, I don't make chairs. And they sued you for not making the chair because they were black or because they were Hispanic or because they were lesbian or because they were women or whatever. No, I just don't do that. I don't make chairs. He's free to make that choice. And so should every other business person. Hey, last quick note. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. The podcast now has its own Twitter handle. It's truck underscore podcast. At truck underscore podcast. Please go follow that handle on Twitter. At truck underscore podcast. That would be awesome. What I'm trying to do is build up that following to a size where I can just release the information about the podcast to the people who are actually interested in the podcast and not necessarily annoy everyone else. So that's the uh, the ultimate goal. Also, if you could go on Stitcher and listen on Stitcher, that would be fantastic. They do run about a 48-hour delay, give or take a little bit, but um, theoretically a lot of people listen on Stitcher. I get paid, which would be nice, very nice to get paid. Um, and then last little tidbit we may do a whole podcast on it tomorrow but maybe not the newest report show according to the AP that social security no, I'm sorry Medicare will go bankrupt in 2026 and social security will follow in 2034 which is not the first time we've done this and they do it kind of as a scare tactic to get politicians to change the way they do things All these programs, 100% are Ponzi schemes. You don't get the money out that you put in. You get much, much more. And the reason they can afford to give you much, much more is because a lot of people are paying in. The problem with spending other people's money is eventually you run out. And we're about to run out. So I would very much like to stop paying in. I think that would be awesome. I don't. I would love to get all my money back I've ever paid in, but I don't think that's probably realistic. So I would settle for just not paying any more. Get an eight-year head start on Medicare, Medicare, and uh, what? Sixteen-year head start on Social Security. Because I'm never going to get a dime of that money. There is no way. Politicians are all cowards. Can't fix anything. Can't fix immigration, can't fix health care, can't fix taxes, can't fix Social Security, none of it. Too terrified. 
not being reelected. Listen, I hope you all have a fantastic day today. Thank you for tuning into the podcast, and we'll catch you tomorrow.